Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Joined now by Adam Carolla. I want to give a uh, lead-in here. Adam and I uh, are going to be at Zany's in Nashville. I am his guest on Friday, which is tomorrow at uh, 7 p.m. Central. We're recording uh, one of his podcasts. I'm actually curious to hear from him what exactly we'll be talking about and what that experience will be like. And then you're going to do stand-up. Adam Carolla joining us now. Uh, Adam, what's the plan for uh, for people who may be uh, in the Nashville area and want to watch that on Friday? Or I believe you have the former Bachelorette, Caitlin uh, Bristow, I believe, the next day. What's your plan on these shows? We do a live podcast uh, for the early show. So that's just my show in front of a live audience, which yep. is kind of a mixture between stand-up and you know improv and guests and all that and that and then the late show is just a straight stand up show so that's me just doing stand up at a at a club and i think you can go to live by live which is i think live x live and and we'll stream it uh i think we'll stream I think we're streaming Saturday's show uh podcast so you can watch it on your computer if you can't get out of the house uh all right so for somebody who does, i've been a fan of yours for a long time for somebody who does stand-up, how much different is stand-up now than when you started? And how much – do you like it a lot less? Does it feel different when you're up on the stage? Does it feel different as a comedian in today's world than it did when you started? You know, it, it kind of depends where you go. So if I go out on the road and I do stand-up and I go to Denver or Salt Lake City or 
Zanies in Nashville or wherever I go or play a theater, you know, theaters around the country. The people who buy the ticket are people who want to come see Adam Carolla's show, who want to hear what Adam Carolla has to say. And those people are always down with everything I have to say because it's like you being into a band and you buying a ticket to that band and you want to see that band. Now, when you when I do it out here at the comedy store, the improv or laugh factor or whatever, that crowd is just a crowd who's coming to see comedy. Not Adam Carolla, just comedy. I mean, that's that's a crowd. You know, I, I do the comedy store all the time, and Sarah Silverman is in front of me, and Mark Maron's after me. And so we have a lot of different types of comedy going on there. And and so that's like playing a, a, like a state fair, where it's just a whole bunch of people showing up to eat cotton candy and deep-fried Snickers bars. And now I'm my band is playing or I'm doing comedy. And so that's very different. And that crowd might get offended by some of the things I say, or that crowd may not agree with some of the jokes I make. I I usually make them anyway, but it's still, it's, it's different versus your crowd. Do you, when we go to, when we go to Zany's, that'll be my crowd. That's right. And do you like back in the day, everybody used to go around to college campuses, right? I remember when I was a college kid, there's comedians constantly on tour. Are you still willing to play a college crowd or is that like going in for somebody who may not know you and you're like, screw it. I have no interest in this anymore. I, I, I don't know any comedians that are interested in playing college campuses. I, I, I don't, I don't. I don't want to see anyone get up and make their way to a safe room in the middle of a set. I don't. I don't. I, I don't want to. I don't want to play a place where people aren't allowed. They're not allowed to clap anymore. They have to like snap their fingers or something. I, I don't know if if we're going to outlaw laughing next. I, I would have no interest in playing a college campus, and and I don't know any comedians that do. Okay, so here's so, what's so fast. Good, good job, good job, college. <laughs> nice yeah. work. Well, this is what's so fascinating about it. When you were college age or when I was college age and when a lot of our listeners were college age, the idea was college was a place where you go to rebel and potentially experiment with things that you're not going to embrace as you are an adult. But it was kind of the ultimate place where you had, and safe space is a, is a pejorative now, but it was like back in the day, the safe space used to be, hey, you can try on different versions of yourself. You can experience new ideas. It's a place where you go to grow. And now it seems like it's a place where you go. And if anybody tries to do anything outside of the lines at all, they get, they get canceled or they get censored. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? In the space of a generation to have that occur? Yeah, it is. And I never went to college. I, I, I left high school and just started working as a construction laborer, and I never really left it. I just became a carpenter after that. But I had a lot of friends who went off to college, and I've certainly seen a few movies with uh, Rob Lowe and them <laughs> that depicted what the college scene was about. So I think I have a pretty good idea. And, you know, what it really boils down to for me and I think I think this is the big difference, whether you're on a college campus or not. I, I think the whole self-esteem movement has backfired. When I was 18 or 19, 
I would have never dreamt in a million years of telling a 40-year-old comedian what he could or couldn't say. It was yeah. not in my purview. I mean, remember when you were 19? Remember when you were 17 and a half or 18? Would you tell some adult, much less a professional, a speaker, a comedian, a what have you, an author? Hey, I'm not comfortable with you coming onto my campus. I, I'm going to say no to that. I, I would have thought, well, why do I get a vote? I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even know I had a vote. I wouldn't known. I could tell somebody you can't do this. Or, you know, if I was like, you know, 25 year old junior editor at the times and somebody wrote an op ed piece I disagreed with, I wouldn't have known I could say, hey, boss, take it back. I'm pissed. <laughs> like I would. I'm, 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 I'm like when I was on a construction site. I was 19. I was called a, a glorified goomper. That's what they called us. Like, just we were peons. We we're laborers. I couldn't go to one of the head carpenters and go, hey, I need to be heard. They would just hit me with a shovel and throw me off the site. Like, I, I didn't know I had a vote. And by the way, you shouldn't really have a vote when you're 19. You should just shut up and let the adults do the driving. We're talking to Adam Carolla. What what would happen today if the Man Show were airing? I loved the Man Show, college age for me. What you and Jimmy Kimmel did, and cousin Sal, who I work with now, was one of the writers. It was hysterical. It was uh, risk taking. It was fun, but it didn't take the show. You guys didn't take yourselves very seriously. I mean, girls jumping on trampolines. A lot of people remember that. Uh, what would the reaction be to that show today? You know, it, it, it might be a bigger hit than it was, but it would certainly cause a lot of controversy, you know, along the way. Um, I think I think the real problem of doing a show like that today is Jimmy and I used to just sit in the same office and I'd say, how about we do a bit called wife school, you know, we said an academy to send your wife to. And then I would go, Oh, that's funny. And then we would just do it. Now we'd have to go, well, how's that going to, how are people going to react to it? Is there going to be a Twitter backlash? Is there going to be a hashtag cancel the man show? Like maybe we should modify that or call it something else or think about, think about it in a different way. And that's the death of creativity. That, that, that's the death of not only comedy, just creativity. If you get the speaker or the artist or the designer or the painter or the poet or the musician thinking, how's this song going to affect people? I don't know. I, I, this, may be, this may be a situation. Then, then it's over. You don't, if you have to stop and think and filter, then, then comedy's over. And that's a, that's a, that's an issue. You, we don't want our artists stopping and wondering if they're going to get into trouble if they do this painting. It, it's a fascinating point, and this is why the cancel culture bothers me on so many levels, regardless of whether you're Republican, Democrat, whatever you are. And sometimes it can be cyclical, but I don't know if you saw the story HBO pulled Gone with the Wind off of their HBO Max streaming service because they're like, well, this is an offensive movie now. It was made in the 1930s, but it also features the first minority to win an Oscar. So in doing so, they have effectively canceled out 
the first person who was a minority to win an Oscar award. And I sit back and, and, and I think the challenge is, and I'm sure you're thinking about this a lot as well, the cancel culture is never happy, right? Like they, they don't ever say, okay, well, now we've cleansed everything and we're good to go. When you relent to them, they move on to the next target, and yet there are so few that are willing to stand up to them. Well, what people don't understand about the cancel culture, I have to explain to people all the time. They're in, they're part, they're the tip of the spear of what we call the progressive movement. Now, go look up the definition of those two words, progressive and movement. It just means they never stop. They just keep going. They're a progressive movement. Why, why wouldn't they keep going? And people are, are – they misunderstand that culture or that group. They think they want you to apologize so that you can satisfy them. They're not satisfied by your apology. They want you to acquiesce to them. They want you to kneel before them. They're drunk on power, and they move on to their next conquest. So people keep saying, well, I don't get it. We've apologized. What more do you need from me? It's like we're not interested in the apology. We say we want the apology. We're basically you're like we're a dog, you're a dog. We want you to roll over and lay on your back. And, and submit to us. And when we're done with you, we're going to go find another dog. That's how they work. And if you don't believe me, look at the, look at, they, they found a new person to cancel every 10 minutes. And the stupid part is everyone disagrees. Everyone apologizes to them, which gets these idiots drunk on power. It, it, and all it does is fill them full of creatine and they go out and find more people to cancel. Obviously, they have no interest in the subject. They have no interest in the subject. Their subject, their interest is dominion over you. And that's why it's never enough. And that's why we should stop apologizing to them. I never apologize to these idiots. Nobody says more offensive things than me. And no one ever asked me to apologize. Because when they ask me to apologize, I, t- I tell them to ask themselves and they leave me alone. I kind of do the same thing in the world of sports, honestly. And that to me is so the analogy that I like to use, we're going to be at Zany's. And if you're listening to us right now in Nashville, seven o'clock doing a podcast with Adams, Adams podcast, and then he's going to do a stand up act. But if someone decided they were going to protest our event tomorrow in Nashville, right? If they were going to show up with like a billboard, you know, like a, they made their own poster board or whatever, and they're going to stand outside and they're a- angry at you or somebody doesn't like me. Almost everyone who is showing up for that event would think, my God, what a loser, right? And every, almost everyone who's driving by in the road would be like, my God, what a loser. You're showing up at a comedy club to protest the jokes that are going to be told inside the comedy club. If you don't like it, just don't go. Yet that person will have, the analogy I like to use, they will have gotten poster board. They will have made a sign. They will have in some way been willing to get to the facility. You know, they drove or they took public transportation or whatever they did. They will have then stood in the heat, the rain, the sun, the cold, whatever it is that day. And yet every single person driving by in their car will be like, man, what a loser. And everyone who's actually coming to the comedy club will say, man, what a loser. Yet if they send a tweet 
saying the same thing, people are like, oh, how brave. We got to retweet them. We definitely need to follow their lead. Why is there such a drastic difference between the way people behave online and the way people behave in real life? That's a very good analogy. And it's like, yeah, if in the digital space you're a hero, why are you a douchebag in the analog space? And you're right. Uh, and look, I don't even know if they're heroes. I, I don't even know who these people are. I, I, you know, my one of my number one responses to like when you know, you know, I don't know, Megan Kelly's trending because she said, uh, "Why should we remove Gone with the Wind?" You know, you're removing these historical movies and we have no reference points. And then there'll be some dude and the dude will be like, you know, Megan Kelly's a racist and needs to be. And I, and sometimes, and I get tweets the same way for me. And I always ask, and when I kind of mean it, I go like, how old are you? Like I, I imagine I get like 47 year old guys weighing in on jokes. I said, calling them highly problematic. And I'm like, Dude, you're a middle-aged man. I mean, remember, remember your dad's when you were in high school. You remember your dad's friends? That's how old these guys are. Remember your dad's friends were like old dudes who wore sweaters and talked about stuff and drank a, a martini. And it's like, what happened? If what happened to middle-aged dudes? It is such a fascinating question because I was talking about this in the Drew Brees controversy. And I was like, do you know how many times I've ever apologized to another grown man for something that I said? Zero. Now, I apologize to my wife a lot, but I have never in my life that I can think of picked up the phone and called another guy that I'm friends with and said, my bad, I shouldn't have said that. Now, that doesn't mean that I haven't said stupid things in my life. I certainly have. But at least, and I'm curious, do you do that? Like, do you regularly call other grown men and be like, man, sorry about that joke I said. That was a little out of line. You're not that fat. Like, wh- like, what, like what universe are we in where people are always abjectly humiliating themselves with apologies to other grown men, particularly for things like you're talking about? Like, that was a joke from 25 years ago. Like, why are you offended by it 20 years later? Like, deal with it. I, I'll i put it to you this way. No, I've never apologized to a, a other adult males. Uh, to be fair, they never asked me for an apology. That's true, too. But like, I don't get asked either. In, in the, in, but, but in today's modern culture, what if one of those adult males said to me, I've got your wallet. I've taken control of all your bank accounts and I've talked to your boss and he's going to fire you unless you apologize to me. Then I might rethink my policy of not apologizing to middle-aged men. So (laughs) (laughs) uh, because none of your friends had your wallet and, uh, and, and the deed to your house, right? Yes. Now, last question for you, and I appreciate the time. And again, if you're enjoying this conversation, you can listen to Adam's podcast. We'll be talking on Friday, and also uh, uh, he will then be doing stand-up, which I'm excited to watch. Do you like sports as much as you used to, or has all the fluff from the real world that has really rolled into sports in the last several years taken away some of your enjoyment? Um, I don't like I don't like all the fluff around everything. Like I have a rowing machine. I row on it a half hour a night. Uh, 
I used to get updates that would be like, hey, in the month of May, you covered 10,000 meters. That's your second best month. Like, that's what I would get. Now I get emails from the company that manufactures the rowing machine about standing with Black Lives Matters and the LGBT community. And I'm like, okay, how about we just give me a little data on how, how, how much I've rode in the last week and spare me the civics lesson, heroes who make rowing machines. Okay, <laughs> fine. And by the way, it's not like I believe you. And the reason I don't believe you is because I've never heard anything from you about Black Lives Matters until 10 seconds ago. So if this was something you were into, you would have tip your hand at some point heroes i always i always say it this way subaru you know subaru makes automotive and like subaru we make cars with love or you can't make a subaru without love i looked into subaru you know what else they make attack helicopters <laughs> attack helicopters for the japanese government they make attack helicopters they make those with love as well everyone is just preening and posturing it drives me nuts once we get through all that and then we get to kick off, then I'm fine. It's all the crap leading up to it that I have to, you know, I have to pretend to, to care about, which I never do, as, as you can tell by my last statement. Adam Carolla, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to hang tomorrow. Uh, I'll hope to see some of you guys there. Adam, thanks for the time, my man. I appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing you, Clay. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we bring in now Shannon Spake at Shannon Spake. She's on Race Hub. Uh, NASCAR had a big race last night. Martin Truex Jr., I believe, won. NASCAR, a lot of news going on. So let's start with uh, let's start with the decision to allow fans to be present, which happened earlier this week. What's going on? First, thanks for getting up early with us, Shannon. Second, what's going on in uh, in Florida and then in Alabama in terms of fans returning? Well, I had to listen to your interview with Adam Carolla, so I was excited to hear that. I thought it, yes. it was great. I'm, I'm excited you know, for that tomorrow uh, at yeah. the, uh, the to do his podcast and see how that goes. Yeah, it was a really good interview. Um, yes, so fans are coming back. I mean, we talked about this last week, and you asked me if you thought that this was a, a real direction that we might be moving in, and, and I said absolutely, yeah. So a 1,000 fans, military members from the, from the South Florida area, they're going to be allowed into Miami Homestead uh, Speedway this weekend. And so everyone will be screened. There will be masks. So it's a limited amount of people, no tailgating allowed, uh, basically going to the track, sit in the stand. So a 1,000 people this weekend. Talladega is going to be a much uh, larger group. I think it's closer to 5,000. Again, Talladega is a much bigger racetrack. I think I told you before, like it can fit over 100,000 people. It's a two and a half mile track compared to Miami, which is a one and a half mile racetrack. So obviously the grandstands are bigger. But again, the, the protocols will be everyone will be screened in terms of temperature. Masks will be, um, ha- they'll be necessary. We'll have to keep six feet apart. But this is a huge step, right? I mean, the fact that we're allowing fans back in- into NASCAR or any sporting event for that matter. Um, I think it's definitely – we know that everyone's been watching the way that we've handled this from the very beginning, and certainly that will be the case again starting this weekend. All right. The other big news is NASCAR bans the Confederate flag. Uh, so I'm curious about this. I've only been to NASCAR races at Bristol. I, yep. I don't really know exactly what this ban consists of, so I'm curious for you to walk me through it. Is this a were you allowed to bring flags into NASCAR events in the uh, in the stadium or is this about tailgating uh, outside of the stadium or both? Yes. So a lot of people will camp inside the the track, especially at a big place like Talladega. Right. There's infield camping. And when these campers set up, yeah, they have flags that they fly above, whether it be United States flag, whether it be uh, a team that they support in, in terms of, you know, football, basketball, whatever. And there are oftentimes many Confederate flags. And so NASCAR, based on, you know, Bubba Wallace, 
over the last week, Clay, he has really found his voice with this, um, with, with racism and with the, the battle that we're facing right now. And, and I'm glad that he has because he's opened up our show, which I never thought we would be discussing this on NASCAR Race Hub. Um, he's allowed us as a sport and, and a show to really tackle this head on. He was on CNN on Monday and, and basically called for the removal of Confederate flags. And NASCAR's listened. I just uh, told Danny uh, G that last night I, I was checking Twitter this morning and Bernice King, the, the daughter of Martin Luther King, tweeted last night, NASCAR family. It, it, that's incredible to me. I'm, I've been covering this sport for so long, and to see the direction that we're headed in in terms of just uh, embracing everybody and, and losing the stigma, I think, or trying to lose the stigma uh, of this sport from so many, so many years ago, I think it's incredible. So what's the uh, what's the impact? Uh, are and, and I don't know in terms of uh, in terms of the fan base's response so far because anytime you you know the NASCAR fans uh, a lot more than I do. Anytime you change anything, there are people who are going to be upset. So uh, does this add more new fans or uh, take away more old fans? Again, yes, I think it's going to be a little bit of both, right? I think that there are – I mean, listen, I, my timeline, when I, when I tweeted yesterday that NASCAR had decided to remove the Confederate flags, there's a lot of – I mean, I had my husband read it last night, and he was just like, I can't believe some of the stuff that, that people are putting out there on social media based on, you know, this tweet from you. And so I think that there's, there's going to be both. There's people that are certainly supportive of this and, 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 think, and know that this is the right direction, know that this is the right thing to do. But there's a lot of emotion attached as well. And when you have emotion attached to something, you're going to get emotional responses. So what, what does this actually mean in terms of NASCAR's role? I mean, are they going to be driving around? I'm assuming you couldn't bring, you couldn't bring like um, flags, because I don't think you can do this anywhere because they just block the view. I don't think you could bring flags into any sporting event. Can you like, I, I know sometimes people bring like poster board and things like that, but I haven't seen at any NFL game or Major League Baseball game or anything like that. I'm not talking about like small little, you know, yeah. like handheld flags like on the 4th of July or something like that. I'm talking about I, I'm assuming you couldn't do that at NASCAR already. So that's not really a surprise. And I know Ole Miss had, for instance, in the mm-hmm. SEC controversy surrounding Colonel Reb, uh, who they yeah. banned uh, at, uh, at, at, at Ole Miss. But like, are they going to be driving around to tailgates inside of NASCAR facilities and confiscating flags? Are they going to have people with that job? Well, I mean, I, I don't know, right? I don't know if they'll – we don't know, right? And it'll be a little bit before they do have to tackle it just in terms of the fact that we're not going to have people camping in the campgrounds or, or right. um, you know, in the stands aggressively. Uh, but, I mean, it's not just the flags play, right? It's shirts, it's hats, it's, it's all things that, that might represent it or, or show an image of this flag. I don't know how – they plan on on approaching that but i mean the thing is is most of these tracks all these tracks are private privately owned right so it's it's private ground it's not like um they're on a public uh, street so they they are able to say what can and can't um be in those areas again you don't have to like you don't have to really like look hard to see these flags like when when you're driving into the racetrack these flags are 
and I'm not just saying Confederate flags, I'm saying all flags in general, uh, are flying high above these, these campers. And so you can see them, and, and they are visible. And I think that those will be the ones that obviously will be taken down first. And then they'll uh, we'll just have to see how they address, again, like shirts and hats and all those things that depict, depict the, um, the Confederate flag. So tailgating is obviously a huge part of NASCAR in general. We're talking about fans coming back. Uh, to the to the stadiums are is there talk about tailgating being allowed this year or do you think it's something that's not going to happen regardless until another season oh uh, clay i listen i have no idea i think that people are going to be able to tailgate off of the campus or off of the campgrounds right i mean i'm sure people are going to meet and, and do what they need to do on their private property some of these racetracks there, there are homes that are located close to the to the racetrack, and, and if you're allowed to have 10, 20 people in, in your home or at a party, people actually rent out their, their parking spaces. I mean, you see it, right? I mean, you see it at football games. It's the same kind of thing. So how could you stop someone from doing something like that on their own property? I don't know, though. I don't know the direction that we're going to move in. I think we're starting to move in the direction. I mean, 5,000 people at Talladega is going to be – it's going to be cool to see people back in the stands. Um, I don't necessarily know if we're going to be able to tailgate inside of the track if they're going to allow people on the inside campgrounds um, maybe maybe not um, I think I think every day we're learning right we talked about this last week every day is a different story well, we're learning this we're learning that we're learning how this virus really um, really is is, is is transferred from one person to the next uh, it will be it will be interesting to see because I do think that this is going to set the base for a lot of the sports in the fall all right so um it doesn't seem like NASCAR has really had any issues with the coronavirus spreading among race car drivers or their crew, right? I haven't seen any stories at all about that. Does that mean that NASCAR is pretty comfortable with uh, the uh, the policies that they put in place? Because they've been going for right around a month now, and now they're starting to bring in uh, fans they must think that they've got a pretty good protocol set up because we haven't seen any outbreak or any stories about people being infected uh, associated with the uh, with the race. Yeah, knock on wood, right? I mean, everything yeah. seems to be moving in the right direction. And again, Clay, I mean, I, we knew that this was going to be the model for how, or, or maybe not the model, maybe maybe we'll evolve and, and then that will turn into something else for, for fall sports. But yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, they're doing. This was not. They didn't back into. Hey, we're going to let people back in the racetrack. I mean, this is this was planned out. Every single step, every single moment, the way that these teams interact with each other, the way people enter the garage. You know, it, they're, they're, they have to show up at a certain time and enter on a certain time. They've had no practice. They've had no qualifying. The drivers have had very, very little. Um, uh, interaction with with the crew guys. You see victory lane pictures. Everyone's wearing masks. You see the guys on pit road. They're wearing masks, and uh, the drivers at their cars are wearing masks. No family members. So it, it has been really really strict. We'll see if they if those start to loosen. I don't know, um, but I, I definitely think what they've done is the right thing because it's allowed us to start to move forward. Um, all right, let's talk bigger picture in the world of sports. It seems like we have got a lot of momentum for other sports to come back. Um, team sports mm-hmm. now with the MLS. What do you think about uh, the NFL? We were talking a lot about this yesterday with the NFL preseason. Um, there's talk about the NFL preseason maybe only being two games. I mean, what exactly are they going to do there? Like in your mind now, 
do you expect for there to be fans in the stadium at NFL games and college football games? Because I do. And and, and I'm yeah. curious. We've got now like two months or three months to ramp up to exactly what that can look like. Um, right. But we've moved, it seems, pretty quickly in the world of sports from, oh, nothing's going to happen to, well, now maybe we can find a way to do some sports to now all of a sudden, like, it's just a question of how many fans are going to be present inside the stadiums. Yeah. Are you a Titans season ticket holder? Uh, I am. Yes. Okay. So have you gotten, like, because my, my, my aunt is um, a Dolphins, like, she gets tickets for the Dolphins and goes to those games, and she's already getting correspondence from them about tickets. So, I, I mean, are you? Like, have yeah, they already started to reach it? Yeah, I mean, we paid yeah. for the entire, uh, you know, the all 10 games. And for right. everybody out there, you know, you have eight regular season games and two preseason games that are part of the season ticket package in the NFL. And yeah. uh, and my assumption is that they're not going to do the preseason as it traditionally would exist. But they haven't had any sort of comments. And we're not that far away now. We're like, you know, a little bit over two months away from when most teams would be returning for a preseason football game. And there hasn't been any commentary about, hey, we're going to be restricting the access to the right. stadium and you only get, you know, two games to go to and we refund everything else. Uh, I'm sure the NFL is waiting till the last minute to have to make a decision like that. But we're not that far away. August 6th is the opening Thursday night preseason football game. And uh, and that's at the uh, the Hall of Fame game. And the NFL either is going to play that game or not, but they're going to have to make a decision at some point. Yeah, I think based on based on the direction that I'm seeing NASCAR go play, I do think that we're going to have fans in the stands, 100%. I don't know what that's going to look like, right? I mean, will they stagger and, and have people in, in different seats, half the capacity, give you guys back half your money and, and, and allow, like, you know, just half the stadium to be full? I, I don't know, but I definitely think just based on the model that we're seeing in racing and the fact that we are starting to progress in that way, I think that we will have fans in the stand, which I think is going to be great. I mean, that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants to get back to a sense of normalcy. But again, how's tailgating going to look, right? Are they going to allow that because they're not allowing that in NASCAR? Maybe they will by, you know, August and September and, and certainly moving into the fall. Uh, once these numbers continue to go down or if they start going back up, are we altering it then? I definitely think we'll see fans up there, though. Talking to Shannon Spake, all right, the other league that is coming back or has announced they're coming back, and it's kind of interesting to think about their plan, is the NBA. And uh, th- th- this NBA plan to me is, is mm-hmm. really interesting because they're doing a quarantine, basically, creating a bubble in Orlando. So you have two young, uh, young sons. And yeah. one of the things that, that I heard that I'm still kind of totally baffled by is how exclusive this bubble is going to be. They're going to be at Disney World but they're yeah. not allowed to go to any of the parks and their families can be with them and their kids, but they're not allowed to go to any of the parks either. As a parent, can you imagine being in a Disney World quarantine <laughs> bubble with your kids and they're not allowed to go to Disney World? That would kind of be a good thing, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Disney World is uh, can be a crazy place. No, I'm just kidding. You're um, definitely a lot more tired if you're a parent and you take young kids to Disney World on vacation than you were before your vacation started. So I'll tell you my funny Disney World story real quick. We went there um, in July because we were actually Disney Vacation Club um, owners, and we oh, like had to use our not to draw attention to yourself or brag, but you're the, yeah. the, the elite of the Disney v- vacationers. Well, <laughs> 
so my dad and stepmom convinced us to do this on, on a cruise one time, and I think we had had too much wine, so we agreed to do it. And so then, like, you have to use your points. And so we went in July. By the way, do not go to Disney World in July. It's a bad idea. Orlando in July is, is not Super hot. Uh, the temperature yes. is not mild. But so it's like our last day, and we're sitting, we're at Animal Kingdom. The, the hotel is where we stood, and, and we're at this, like, little concierge area up on top, and, and it kind of overlooks the whole lobby. And all of a sudden, we hear this screaming. And I'm like, what is a screaming? And you look down, and there is this father in the middle of the lobby screaming curse words at one of his child, like saying, you are not going to ruin my vacation. And, like, screaming at the How top of his lungs. And then I, I didn't see because it was like sort of like you just saw the father and then there was people everywhere. So you didn't really know who he was talking to. But then he storms off and everyone kind of looks at each other, Clay, and we're like, we get it. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> We've been there, you know, but that was like that, to me, I was like, oh, my gosh, we're at the happiest place on Earth. And this man is screaming curse words in the middle of Animal Kingdom at his kids. But anyways, um, I digress. Um, as far as the NBA model, you know, I think I think we talked about this before, the direct contact that those guys have. You know, in football, you're, you know, you, are, you do have the mask and you do have gloves and you, you, you have a lot of kind of going on. There's still obviously is that direct contact. But NBA is, is so much more. And, and I think that that's, they want to make sure that that, that virus, if, if, if it were to get into any of those players, it, it didn't spread as rapidly as it can. I mean, that's what I'm seeing from sort of that model, right, is to not let anybody out. Are they still not allowing, I guess they're allowing their families to be with them now, huh? Because I thought that at first they weren't going to allow Yeah, that's that right. But, but I think it's super strange. Like if I told my wife, hey, you can stay with us, but you have to stay in this hotel inside yeah. of this bubble at Disney World and you can bring the kids but the kids aren't allowed to go to any of the Disney World parks, she'd be like, yeah, there's no way we're coming and staying with you in a hotel instead of in right. a house. And there's right. no way I'm going to try to explain to the kids every morning why they can't go to the Disney parks uh, when we're literally staying at Disney World. It just seems like a uh, kind of a parenting nightmare to be in a hotel for that long with your kids and be on a Disney property seeing all the Disney characters and, you know, people getting and getting to go to the park and everything else. And you can't. And the reason why I bring it up is there's starting to be some pushback, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, from a lot of NBA players saying, wait a minute, like, what exactly are we doing here? Um, Well, I could see that because they'll be the guy standing in the middle of Animal Kingdom screaming at their kids. They have to be quarantined with them for months at a time at Disney World. I get it. I totally get it. Shannon Spake, appreciate the time. Thanks for getting up early with us. We will try and talk to you next week. Of course. Talk to you then. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts? You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts 
parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their michelin test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be So a lot of different moving parts out there. Uh, The commissioner of Major League Baseball said that he believes uh, there's a 100% chance that baseball is going to be played. So the question is still, how is baseball going to be played? How many games? What's it going to look like? All of those attributes. But a big part of baseball returning was the idea that baseball would be back by July 4th and we would have a big celebration on July 4th of the return of American team sports. Well, we know the MLS is coming back on now July 8th. So credit to the MLS for being ready and able and willing to return. But what about, uh, what about major league baseball? What I floated earlier in the show, and I want to get everybody's opinion on, and I'm going to keep beating this drum in the days ahead is the idea of on July 4th, Major League Baseball having a awesome home run derby for charity in an iconic Major League Baseball park that's followed by a cool fireworks display of some sort as a sort of valentine from Major League Baseball to all of the fans out there who wanted the sport to be back. But go ahead and let's have a celebration of baseball on July 4th You could do it in Yankee Stadium as a sign of, hey, New York City is coming back after being uh, having a harder time with the coronavirus than anywhere. You could do it in Wrigley Field. You could do it in Fenway Park, wherever 
baseball decides it makes the most sense, let's have a home run derby on July 4th. If you remember a couple of years ago, Bryce Harper did the you know American flag bandana and I think all the American flag gear and hit as many home runs as he could and it was wildly popular. This seems to me like a no-brainer, whether you're an owner, whether you're a player, whether you're the commissioner, whether you're an agent for these guys who would be interested in it. In theory, we would like to think anyway that Major League Baseball players would be in spring training by this point. But even if they're not in spring training, you would think that they could all get together, fly into one particular location. Maybe it's in Florida uh, because uh, people are most, a lot of them are already down in spring training in Florida. Maybe you do it at the Marlin Stadium uh, as, a, as a way to do that. I, I'm not claiming that it needs to be in any one particular location, but a July 4th home run derby, which is, came from a, uh, a listener uh, email that he sent to me that I, uh, that I gave a shout out to earlier in the program. This seems like to me a really genius idea that many baseball fans would uh, would would endorse, and it also seems to follow a little bit in the in the in the in the wake of the Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson, uh, the uh, the the Peyton Manning and Tom Brady golf event that was so wildly popular. July Fourth Home Run Derby. Are you in, Danny G? Does this make sense? You could potentially do it out in Chavez Ravine at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, somewhere. I mean, it could even be a spring training stadium. It doesn't have to be. Uh, an iconic stadium in Major League Baseball. I think it's a little bit better if we do it there. Uh, but this, to me, seems like it makes total sense. Yeah, and the Dodgers just finished their renovations that they were doing uh, beyond the outfield fence. So that would be awesome if they did it there. Um, I love this. Again, it proves we have the smartest listeners in all of radio. <laughs> yes. Dub and I were texting back and forth last hour when you first brought up this idea uh, because he told me, hey, potential article here. And I said back to him, baseball players have already tweeted with thumbs down emojis. So with, Yeah, right, and, because that's what happens every single time there's any reason for optimism. Owners are like yes. thumbs down. <laughs> baseball players are like thumbs down every single time there's any idea that's floated. Yeah, that could be the only thing that could mess up this idea is that we're kind of uh, used to them being babies right now and greedy about the money back and forth. And we do hear this every season from certain players when we get to the all-star festivities that some do not want to participate in the home run derby because they think it screws up their swing yeah. for the rest of the season. But this is a positive because the season hasn't even started. So yeah. theoretically, your swing wouldn't get that screwed up. Yeah, but there's going to be some babies saying, oh, I don't want to mess my swing up before the season even begins. But I, I love this idea. This would be a great event for the 4th of July. Dub, are you in? Is this genius? I'm absolutely in because what what wouldn't be better to top off your 4th of July after drinking beers all day long to, than to be able to bet on a home run derby? I think it's a fantastic idea. I would, uh, I'm all, all in on this idea. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are going to be. What about you, Eddie? Is it, uh, is it continuing the unanimity here? Would you think this is a really good idea? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. And actually, I think it's a required idea at this point. With all the bad blood, I think, that baseball has built up with That's its right. fan base, they have to do something extra to get people back on board. I don't think people, even, even if they come back in some form, I don't think a lot of people are going to be really that anxious to run back to the ballpark other than maybe Roberto. <laughs> Roberto, you are a big baseball fan, Dodger fan. Do you yeah, love I'll be, the idea? I'll be at the ballpark as soon as I can. Uh, yeah, it's a good idea, man, especially since there's going to be no All-Star game this year in Dodger Stadium, which was 
supposed to be an all-star game there this year. It was supposed to be a home run derby. So it'll be great to have this uh, home run derby on the 4th of July at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, I mean, the other idea would be uh, potentially you could do an all-star game, you know, but it's hard to do an all-star game with an 80-game roster or 80-game season or whatever the heck they're going to end up doing. And especially because halfway through, you'd be, uh, you know, you're talking about being well into August at this point. So, or the end of August, right, as football is about to start. So, I love the idea. I think it was a great idea by a listener. And I'm going to keep beating the drum of the idea of Major League Baseball doing an, uh, a home run derby on July 4th and putting it together as sort of an apology slash Valentine. It's like buying roses for your wife after you get into an argument. Just take it to the American public and be like, hey, we, we know that this has been frustrating for you to watch all of this play out, but we've got this idea. What do you think about it? Uh, I, I think it could uh, very much be a, uh, a positive. Uh, all right, the other couple of stories that are out there, and I'm going to build on this more tomorrow, I think, but the NBA players, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, are suddenly like, hey, we don't really like the bubble idea of Orlando. Have you guys seen this story? There, According to Woj, there was like 45 or 50 players that were participating in a conference call where they're starting to take issue with the idea that you have to stay in this isolated bubble in Orlando in order to be able to uh, to continue their season. And we haven't heard who those players are, how good are they in terms of uh, of the significance. I would bet most of them, this is my bet, most of them probably are on teams that don't feel like they really have a chance to win a championship. In fact, I, I always think that what's kind of interesting about this uh, this system for the NBA is eight teams just don't have to do anything. <laughs> you know, if you happen to be on a team that stinks, you arguably get a real benefit in terms of not having to come back and try to play your way into the playoffs. And if you are on a team that uh, that is on the borderline of the playoffs, do you really feel like you're going to win a championship? I don't know. But my guess would be that a lot of these players who don't really like the idea of going and quarantining and going back through camp and everything else, they're not the teams that are favored to go out and win championships, but they're the teams that are kind of on the periphery of this. And I've been saying for a while, this is an April plan that is the quarantine. Because if you remember on this show, I talked about the idea of an NBA bubble and an NHL bubble and like the idea of how to get sports back long before anybody else was talking about it. And Petros Papadakis actually came on the show and ridiculed me. He was like, well, this is a, a, a ridiculous idea. But the problem I think that the NBA is going to have is they're implementing now a policy for uh, for back in April that will take impact uh, take uh, effect in August basically because the NBA season would start back up on July 31st. And so I you know it's it's great that you can bring in family and kids and you heard me just talking about this with Shannon Spake, but there's no way that if I have a young family, there's no way that my wife would bring our family to come stay with me at a hotel if they had to quarantine and then they had to stay inside basically this bubble and it didn't include any of the uh, Disney parks. To me, that doesn't make any sense at all. And if I'm an NBA player, I don't like this idea because I would rather just be playing in our home cities and testing us along the way there instead of bringing everybody to Orlando and trying to do it there. Look, you're going to have college football players. You're going to have NFL players. I haven't heard 
anything, maybe you guys have, but I haven't heard anything about NFL teams saying to their players, hey, during the season, you can't go to the shopping mall or you can't go out to dinner or anything like that, which is effectively what the NBA is going to be doing. And look, I understand that the virus is not going to suddenly disappear. I mean, it's not, uh, that's just not reasonable to expect to have happen. That's not what viruses do. Uh, But I also understand that you can't eliminate all risk associated with life. And so I'm not surprised that NBA players are starting to raise issues about this idea of the bubble because my argument has been for a while, this doesn't make sense in August when NFL games are going to be going on, when uh, when college football is going to be getting ready to go, when there are going to be fans present at those events. Heck, it doesn't even make sense right now. There are fans that are going to be present for NASCAR in uh, in this weekend, and there's fans that are going to be present in Alabama next weekend. So when you really look at this uh, idea that the NBA has put forward, it doesn't make a lot of sense. We're going to talk in theory to Dr. David Chow next because I'm curious what he thinks about this now that a lot of the details are out there. But Danny G, would you be like, let's pretend that we're not doing this right now. This, we're the, the, Take it out of the NBA universe. If Fox Sports Radio came to us and they said, hey, we want to ensure that everybody's able to do the show so everybody's got to go to a bubble in Orlando, basically, like this hotel in Orlando. Everybody's going to stay there. You can bring your families, but you can't really leave the bubble. Everybody has to stay quarantined inside of the bubble, and that's what we're going to do to make sure we can do radio. There's a 0% chance that I go. I mean, right? I'm like, screw it. I'm at home now. I've got a home studio. Uh, I, I, I live in my house. I've got my family here. We basically have returned to normalcy in my part of the country, in the Nashville area, in Tennessee. Why in the world would I want to go live in a bubble in Orlando? And I think that's probably what NBA players are thinking now. It just doesn't make sense. Why couldn't we be in our home cities and go ahead and play in our arenas at home, even if there's no fans present, and just go ahead and continue to test us there We'll travel on private jets. It's not like, I mean, look, I don't know about you, but I, I went in recently to see about getting a, a flight. And I can't even, like, flights are sold out all over the, the Nashville area to go anywhere. Now, I know there's restricted uh, air, uh, air travel, but I've already been on an airplane. I, there's a 0% chance that I would uh, acquiesce to this. I wouldn't think it makes sense. And I'm assuming I would feel the same way if I were an NBA player as I do as a radio show host if you told me to go down there and this was the plan to return to action. What would you say? You are right about the point that most of these players that have an issue with this right now are on teams where they know they don't really have a true shot to win the title. Yeah. They know that, so why do they want to be put out and take their family through this maze if they're not even going to be in the finals? So, uh, you know, in in the article right now on ESPN's website, they pointed that out in the article that this is coming from players who are on teams that are on the outside kind of looking in. You know, this is two months late and 15 wins short for those teams. And this proves everything we've been saying on our show is right about the fact that the NBA should have done this biodome plan two months ago. That's right. 
two dribbles forward for the country and four dribbles back for the NBA because the country finally is getting some freedom going out and actually eating inside a restaurant and having a little bit of freedom on a beach. And now suddenly you're going to confine all these NBA players and possibly their families. Nobody wants that right now. We have had too many months of being locked inside. Yeah, I I don't think there's any doubt. And also, I bet that there's some of these families, like some of these players are having conversations with their wives and their kids and their family members that they were excited to potentially be able to bring with them. And I guarantee you what my wife would say. I mean, I've used this as an example. If I said, hey, I'm going to have to go stay in this hotel for several months, even if it's a nice hotel, by the way, uh, which I'm sure it is uh, at the Disney Resort. And you guys are allowed to come stay with me, but you can't leave the hotel and go to Disney World, and you can't really leave the hotel and do anything. My my wife would be like, "What? you're playing basketball. You'll be busy. You have a lot of activities to do. The last thing I want to do is be trying to keep our kids entertained in a hotel. I mean, and I've used this as an example. You know, sometimes I'm out in L.A. Uh, back when people could actually travel for work. And, uh, and, and I stay in a hotel. It's nice right by the Fox a lot to go do television. And uh, when I'm doing that, occasionally I'll say, say to my wife, hey, do you want to bring the kids out and, uh, and stay with us? And we've done it a couple of times. But when I'm working, that puts a lot of stress on my wife to have all three of our kids to need to get them entertained when they're in a hotel as opposed to being in our normal existence, right? Uh, where we have a house, where everything is set up, where we know what the day-to-day is going to be like. And so I guarantee you a lot of NBA players, as they've explained the details to their families, a lot of wives and a lot of moms are saying, there's no way I want to relocate. I mean, you go if you got to do that to go play basketball to make your, make your salary and do your job, that's your, you go do it, but I'm not going to bring the, the kids there. And why in the world would I travel to Orlando and stay on the Disney World Resort and not take our kids to Disney World. The only reason to be for many people in Orlando, Florida at all, or even considering Disney World, is because you have the ability to take your kids to that resort. So this has seemed like a messy situation to me for a while. And even the idea that you would get there in what, like July, early July, I think, like July 7th or something like that, I think is the report date for uh, the, the NBA teams. And then some of them will have to stay potentially all the way till October 12th. That just seems uh, uh, utterly crazy. What about you, Dub? Did, are you surprised that this is uh, that this is finally coming up? Because to me, the NBA player criticisms actually make good sense. I don't think that Adam Silver has crafted a very good policy here, given what we're seeing all over the country. And by the way, a lot of NBA players are probably like you and me in that they live in cities that are starting to open up. And they're saying, wait, why wouldn't we just play in the arenas where we already uh, are located? We can use the player training facilities uh, like we're using now. We can hop on planes and travel around. I think the NBA could have just gone to a 2-3-2 format if they want to limit the amount of travel that's going on. In other words, like it used to be back in the old school, you play two games on the road, then you play three games uh, in, uh, in the other location. And then you go two, so you limit the travel instead of the two, two, one, one, one model. This to me just has never made that much sense. And uh, I, I think the NBA has done a bad job coming up with a return policy. 
I agree. I mean, it's it's June 11th today, and it seems pretty ridiculous right now, thinking ahead. But in seven weeks, when the season is going to restart on July 31st, I think it's going to look just utterly ridiculous. I mean, I, I, I'm starting to think that there's – I don't see how they're even going to – I think the playoffs are going to take place in home teams' arenas, the entire playoffs, because by then, in late July, early August – I think this is going to look like maybe one of the most ridiculous things that has ever happened to have potentially the whole country back open and running, but the NBA is still in a bubble in Orlando, Florida, playing their playoff games. I think it's going to look so ridiculous that I, they can't even do the plan anymore. I, that's what I've been saying is like, if you did like a blimp shot, you know how they love to show blimp shots of uh, cities, you would be like, okay, there's the NBA bubble. Oh, look how crowded it is at the Magic Kingdom. Look how crowded it is at Epcot. When people can go to amusement parks literally on the same uh, grounds as where you're quarantined, I, I just think it looks ridiculous. They might have water parks open in uh, in Disney World at this time. Uh, what is it? Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach or whatever the heck those, those places are called. They're people in bikinis and, and bathing suits with their kids chasing them around at, at, at water parks. And you can't go out of the bubble if you're an NBA player. I just think it, it it juxtaposes a series of ridiculous situations. And again, that's why I've been saying for a while, ever since these details got signed off on, this resembles to me a plan that would have been put in place in April as opposed to one that fits the situation going on in August. Uh, what about you, uh, Eddie? Does this are you surprised, like uh, that that NBA players are suddenly uh, going public in some ways through Woj, anyway, with the idea that this particular plan doesn't make a lot of sense? Well, I'm not surprised, uh, but I'm not real sympathetic either, to be honest with you. They're used to a certain lifestyle and being quarantined in a hotel, even a nice hotel. I understand isn't very pleasant, but look. They've had four months of nothing but family time, okay? So I'm not buying this, oh, i got to be away from my family stuff. And plus, the people that are complaining and they're saying they're not going to be around very long because they're not contenders, they're not going to be there for seven yeah. weeks. They're going to be there for a couple of weeks. So I, I, I suck it up and go play, and, and, and you've had plenty of time with your family. It's time to get to work. I'm not saying they shouldn't play. Obviously, I don't know if there's anybody in sports media who's been more aggressive on the fact that sports should return. I just don't think the NBA has put in place a very good policy. And I think it's possible uh, that some of these players who are complaining aren't complaining about necessarily family time. They're just looking around saying, wait, does this make sense for us to be entering into a bubble uh, like it's April as opposed to uh, like it's August? I think it's going to look, I think Dub's right, and it's something we've been saying on the show for a while. I think it's going to look really ridiculous as we move into August and everything is open back up. And certainly in September, if there are fans in college football and NFL stadiums, that the NBA is still going to be playing in empty arenas uh, inside of a Disney World bubble. In the meantime, we're about to be joined by Dr. David Chow. We'll talk with him about this. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield? 
windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Redestein tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their redestine test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we bring in now Dr. David Chow on Twitter at ProFootballDoc. You can find him there. Uh, Dr. Chow, we got a lot of different medical issues coming into play with uh, the return of sports. And in particular, NBA players don't seem that happy about the quarantine bubble that is being set up in Orlando uh, and some of the details that surround it now. They've gone public a little bit with that. Is the quarantine bubble idea, which the MLS, it appears, will also be participating in at Disney World, is that the best way for sports to come back? Or based on the data that you are seeing right now, would you be interested in another uh, plan potentially as we move into uh, to, to, to late June and July and August for the return of some of these sports? Yeah, well, no one's clairvoyant on this, and it is a novel coronavirus, so we haven't experienced this before. But I do have some worries about the quarantine or bubble idea. Uh, You know, in some ways, 
the bubble idea is really an all or none uh, in the sense that if you are really lucky enough to not have anyone test positive, uh, then your the bubble idea is certainly an awesome one. The problem is what happens with when people do, uh, and uh, the MBA idea is more you know m- many mini bubbles, you know different hotels, et cetera. But you know well, what happens if a player's mom uh, or family member gets ill or something happens? I mean, it's going to be hard to like police them and put them under house arrest, you know, or someone does something and it's just a a risky proposal. Uh, Look, uh, coronavirus is here and no matter what happens, for example, in the NFL, I've been saying that and for every league, there are going to be positive tests. It's a matter of how you deal with them. In fact, uh, uh, I told a friend, let's 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 have a friend, friendly wager of out of the 32 teams in the NFL, you give me a dollar for every team that has a positive, and I'll give you a dollar for every team that doesn't. I think he's probably going to owe me close to $30. I mean, almost yeah. all the teams are going to have some positives. The question is who, what, when, and how they deal with it. And imagine it this way. If there's only uh, uh, one power line going into your community and something happens to that power line, it's a prolonged blackout. This is why we have power grids, so there's ways to get around it and so forth. So this quarantine or bubble idea worries me a little bit if there's really, you know, something happens and the one player source or, or team source is contaminated in some way, it sort of knocks out the whole thing in some way. That would be my worry in any case. It seems to me that colleges are actually handling this in a pretty smart way. Uh, and what I mean by that is college athletes are returning to campus. They are testing everyone as they return to campus. They are finding out whether any of the players are ill at that particular moment of time, and then they're pulling them out, getting them healthy. And the idea is, I would imagine, within a couple of weeks, everybody is uh, everybody's in good shape, but you continue to test. If anybody gets sick, you pull them out and continue that process basically throughout the entire season. That seems reasonable to me. And, and it seems to me also that the general public has not panicked when, as you said, somebody tests positive because I think the general public has at least partly become aware that the danger is not as substantial as they would have feared the most, right? Like that, uh, that, that, that for young people in particular, the coronavirus represents a relatively small threat to their overall health, even less than what the seasonal flu would represent, certainly if you're under the age of 24, like most college kids are. Yeah, there's no question. I think colleges have shown uh, good foresight and flexibility. Very early on in this uh, pandemic, you and I talked about, I think it was even March, that you know the NFL season, we were much more optimistic, or I was, that the NFL season would start on time in September. And I think I caught some flack for that because everyone was still really, really worried at the time. Yeah. But I said I had more worry that the season wouldn't finish in December or January. And look at what a lot of colleges have done. Have done. Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, where my daughter goes to school, Notre Dame, many other schools have pushed up starting a week earlier in August and be done by Thanksgiving break when kids go home not to come back. Not only for worry of a second wave, but worry for 
introduction of COVID into the university, right, with the trip home and then uh, back to school. And the other thing schools seem to be doing is allowing their players to come back to school pretty darn early uh, to uh, to be able to have a little handle on it. My only question and hope is that uh, the way that they're testing athletes, that they're doing the same uh, necessary precautions for their students as they uh, return back to school. But I think you have a reasonable point there, Clay. I went to a kid's event yesterday. Uh, my kids, their gymnastics are back open. They're going back to classes and everything else. And this was the first time I had gone uh, to an event like this. They had a hand sanitizer and they took my temperature as I walked in, you know, with that uh, temperature gauge where you can basically, it's mm-hmm. like a gun and you put it up in front of somebody's head. And it didn't take any time at all. And it was incredibly smooth going in. I felt totally comfortable while I was there. And uh, everybody was tested like that who was coming to watch uh, this uh, this athletic event. Um, when you think about, we talked about this yesterday on the show. I was asking everybody on the show. You have a daughter, I believe, who is a college student. You have uh, young kids as well. You used to be the team physician of the uh, then San Diego Chargers. Would you take your family, let's pretend that, uh, that, in, uh, that in L.A., they are going to allow uh, fans present for the Chargers' new stadium. And let's pretend it's not going to be awful traffic so you don't get to say, well, I'm not going to sit in the traffic to drive up there. But let's pretend you have tickets there. Would you take your family, based on what you know right now, to an NFL game this season? Depends on the precautions that they're taking. But uh, uh, my, my family, uh, no, the three-year-old would go crazy. So, yeah, <laughs> I, if you have I'm, young kids, uh, would, my, you, it, would it, you go it, to a game and sit in the crowd yourself, just you? Yes, yes. And, and, and if it works out, I would bring my son. It's been a tradition that I bring him to one game. Yeah. And uh, so I, I absolutely would do that in the right situation. You know, I obviously want to check out what the situation is. But I think the new normal, you mentioned the temperature screens. Not only are there the touchless temperature screens, there's like infrared scanners that yeah. are going to be installed in big venues where as you walk in, you know, your body will glow a certain color and then they'll pull you aside and take a form temperature. Yes. I mean, if you're, quote, running hot, that, that's going to be a new normal. Look, there's been a ton of controversy the last couple of days where the WHO said asymptomatic transmission was very rare, and then they walked back that, that, uh, that uh, comment. But the reality is, uh, it does. It's about viral load, and people who are symptomatic are way more transmissive than someone who's asymptomatic or potentially pre-symptomatic. Uh, is it impossible to get it from someone who's asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic? No. I mean, it's not impossible to get in a car accident if you're driving the speed limit in the daytime with your seatbelt on and be injured. But it's much more likely to be in a car accident if you're speeding around corners with bad tires tires, no seatbelt on at one in the morning. So uh, there are, I mean, it's not impossible to get, but it's not as likely is my impression. Uh, we're talking Dr. David Chow. When you look at, uh, at at the way this thing is is playing out, you just mentioned the WHO and, uh, and their decision, which has kind of just provoked a little bit more confusion about uh, the idea of what is, uh, what, what these asymptomatic patients represent. Are you optimistic based on the lack of explosion, let's just say explosion, of cases in the wake of the protest, um, that that could be a positive sign 
in terms of outdoor sporting events being able to go on? Because what I've been saying is, look, let's pay attention to these numbers and see what ends up happening in the wake of all these massive protests because the virus doesn't discriminate based on the reason somebody is coming in close proximity, right? So the virus is not like, oh, well, these people are protesting a cause that matters as opposed to going to a football game, which is primarily entertainment. It seems to me if there's not an explosion in cases over the course of this week, given that most people have an incubation period of four or five days, that that's a somewhat decent sign about being able to have events outdoors at least. Well, we, we would we would hope so. And obviously, the protests, there's quite a bit of chanting that goes on. And, you know, we've talked about churches and singing or yelling yes. at sporting events. And so there's some parallels there. So uh, let's hope it stays down. The, the one thing that I would sort of warn listeners on is that, uh, you know, do not be surprised. And this is what we're seeing is the numbers are going to be higher than what we had during the quote shutdown lockdown quarantine that would only make sense right whether protests or whether just going out and and living life and i think the key threshold here is that the medical uh centers are more prepared now with more ventilators and systems in place and we understand it a little bit better but unfortunately this coronavirus is not going away. It's going to tick along as it has been uh, kind of thing. And, and by the way, I've always said, if if you told me shutting down society for three, four, three or four months would get rid of this, I think we should consider that and do it. The problem is there's no real end game right now because the, the uh, vaccine's not around the corner. There's not going to be a cure. So it's about management uh, and getting through it as opposed to getting rid of it, unfortunately. What are you seeing as a doctor? I, and again, I know you're not treating coronavirus patients, but what are you seeing in terms of a return to normalcy, if at all, in the hospitals that you work in? What are you seeing in terms of staffing? What what vibe are you receiving in the Southern California area as it pertains to this virus compared to other things that are going on? Well, I think there's one segment of society that is still very fearful of the virus and not wanting to do much of anything. I mean, even if restaurants are open at 50%, they're not going, whether it's outdoor seating or anything else. And there's another segment of society that feels like they got okey-doked and doesn't want to listen. And I fear won't listen if there really is a second wave and there are more orders uh, for uh, for shutdown. And unfortunately, like a lot of society, everything is very polarized into everything that we, uh, we look at here. But the hospitals are, quote, uh, back to normal, but there's still a lot of fear in terms of of, uh, of going to the hospital. Uh, the bed capacity is still very low. However, I think partly due to the cross-border nature of San Diego and Mexico and Tijuana, that uh, ventilator cases have risen in San Diego, and they're largely from uh, the cross-border issue. That, that is interesting because obviously the difficulty of, of stopping anything from spreading when it comes to a virus, that's interesting. People are coming across the border with the, with the virus now. From your perspective, um, as you look at it from a, uh, from a doctor perspective, um, do you think that it makes sense to be restarting sports in general at this point in time? Like, do, does, From a Major League Baseball, from a health perspective, is there any way why baseball shouldn't be playing? 
Well, uh, look, I think from a health perspective, it really depends on the sport. And let me clarify the cross-border issue. I'm not implying it's an illegal alien problem crossing the border. Right. In San Diego, there's a lot of people that normally commute right across the border legally uh, on a daily basis. Mexico has, so, uh, is a little bit behind us in terms of their rate, right? Uh, because we got it before they did. And so, in theory, their outbreak could be at an earlier stage than ours, which is the way this thing is spread, right? Yeah, and, 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 you know, there are obviously different social factors, but I just wanted to be clear. I wasn't yeah. uh, saying that uh, there were illegals causing the problem in the U.S. These are illegal uh, people going back and forth across the border. But as far as sports, it really depends. Look, there's no re- reason, uh, uh, you know, in the major league level is different because of the testing and the things that you can do. But on, you know, on a youth sports level, I mean, why, why, we, I mean, why do we ever stop, stop surfing? Because, you know, you don't ever get within six feet right. of someone else. Else. Otherwise, there's going to be a fist fight. But uh, swimming, uh, golf, cross country for high school sports in the fall, water polo, those all should go for sure. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 